0: morning and welcome to another edition of Inside the FLX. I'm Josh Derso and today I'm joined by one of the men seeking to become Seneca County's next district attorney. There will likely be a Republican primary and my guest today received the backing of the county's Republican party. Uh, John Amager, welcome to the program. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So uh, first things first, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and where you sort of come from uh, entering this race.
1: Well, uh, i have uh, an extensive background, obviously, in the criminal law. Uh, I've been practicing for 21 years. I, I started here in Seneca County uh, in 1998 as an assistant district attorney. Uh, I moved from here to Onondaga County for uh, another about three years up there, where I uh, continued developing my craft and learning from some of the some of the best prosecutors you could hope to learn from. Um, the kind of cases we we're involved with, the extensiveness of those cases, and the years of experience that I was able to observe. Um, not not just from the prosecutors, but from the judges and such as well. Right. Um, at that point, having come back here, uh, I had the opportunity to return to Seneca County, which I had always wanted to do. I've uh, been working in the public defender's office now for 15 years. I've seen every kind of case there is, through that, and seeing the criminal law from the uh, from the other side of the prosecution has been an incredible uh, tool for me. Uh, it has allowed me to develop my skills from a different perspective. And I've not only seen with my skills from the pers- different perspective, mm-hmm. but the different perspective of the people involved. You know, not only, have I dealt with it from the prosecution side in dealing with the victims and their loved ones and the people who are seeking justice that have been wronged. Mm-hmm. But I've also seen it from the other side as well. And I know how that the criminal law and the criminal justice system can impact those lives. Mm-hmm. And it has given me you know, quite a take, a quite a unique perspective, I think, on the law and what we do every day. So I come from this, I come to this from a from that kind of a background, I think a very balanced background, um, a, a wide perspective background, and I think that that experience is going to serve me very well in the district attorney's office, and that is why I'm seeking to do this office.
0: So obviously there there's a lot of talk about different types of experience and what type of experience is good versus bad in this type of role. Um it sort of seems like the, the more diverse one's background is, uh, the better fitting they would be in this type of role, because it is sort of administrative. It is sort of overseeing a, a large, complex process. Um, 21 years of total experience. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that part of it, how important having that much experience is when it comes to this type of administrative role.
1: The, well, not only, as I said, have I spent literally thousands of hours in the courtroom, Doing cases, arguing motions, and it's not just trial work in the courtroom. It's, right. it is regular calendar appearances. Well, you where you are arguing uh, motions, or you're arguing various uh, points of law, or or uh, positioning of the case as you head towards a potential trial. Um, but I have also dealt with the case, all of the um, all of the behind the scenes portions of that. I mean, the case management the working within the office i mean i've worked in the public defender's office for 15 years now with uh mike maris as the public defender and as his second i have had all of those i've been involved in budget uh discussions we have been involved in staffing discussions um he ultimately obviously as the public defender makes those decisions but i've been part of those discussions i've seen how that works um We've talked about the allocution uh, or excuse me the, the allocation of resources the you know as a public defender's office, we have had a pretty limited budget over the years, and we have not had the benefit of some of the things that the prosecution has had, um, such as an investigator. We have a budget line that allows us to hire investigators, but we don't have one on staff, so we have to make those decisions all the time about okay, we have finite resources here. We have finite taxpayer dollars here. How do we use those most efficiently and effectively for each case? I mean, I would love to be able to have an investigator go out on every case Mm -hmm. and look into various things, but that simply is not realistic. As in any type of office, you have to look at what you have. You have to decide how that is most effectively and efficiently used and then make those decisions know, to go ahead and use those in that way. And we are constantly having those kinds of uh, discussions at the public defender's office. Mm -hmm. Previously in my role, uh, four years working with Skylar Van Horn in private practice. I mean, that is, I mean, that's a small business Mm -hmm. and you have to, you know, it's the law. And of course that is, our business is the law. But you have to manage that. You have to be aware of the bills. You have to be aware of where you're spending money and where the money is coming in from. And, you know, that has been an incredible background and experience for me to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, the managerial aspect is not just the nuts and bolts of, of budget or what I would call brick and mortar type, but it's the people. You have to be able to manage the people and you have to be able to work with them and relate to them and understand them and in the prosecutor's office the discussions with them and how they're dealing with their cases the policies that you would set for them to follow i believe my 21 years of experience and my background before that i mean just coming from i'm the youngest of six kids Mm -hmm. life was a negotiation from the time i was you know um so it just you have to be able to you know talk to the people, understand what their thoughts and feelings are on issues, but you also have to be able to guide them and effectively communicate to them. And that's what I've been doing for 21 years is effectively communicating to people my position on various things and asking them to understand that and asking them to get on board with what I'm proposing, either as a prosecutor or as a defense attorney. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, obviously, I'm, I'm sure you have some, some mindset of what you think makes a good uh, district attorney. Otherwise, you wouldn't be running. You, you probably feel like you fill or check off quite a few of those boxes. Um, but for, for those listening and watching, what are the qualities that make a good district attorney from your
1: perspective? Well, you have to, obviously, you have to be willing to, to listen You have to understand all the various stakeholders that have um, an interest in the outcome of the of the situations you have to be firm but you have to be fair you have to Mm -hmm. the it may not be a very popular thing for some people to to hear but you as the district attorney represent everyone When you look at the title of a criminal case, it says the people of the state of New York versus. You represent the people, and that is everyone. That is not just the victims and their loved ones, but it is the community as a whole, and it includes the defendant. You have to be sure that that process is being done fairly. Now, when you are making those considerations, obviously— First and foremost, you have to talk to the victims. You have to. You have to hear what they have to say about it. You can't necessarily always give them everything that they would like to see. That Again, that's simply not realistic. But you, you have to consider that, and you have to try. You, you are seeking justice. As the district attorney, you are seeking justice for the people that have been wronged. You are seeking justice for the community. And you have to hear those things in order to be able to do that. So being willing to listen, being willing to hear what people are saying is first and foremost in your um, approach to the job. Once you have, you know, once you know where you're going with a particular instance, you have to have the experience to then effectuate, to develop a a plan To reach the goal that you want to get to, and then you have to have the experience to be able to effectuate that plan. And it's the years of experience that I have in the courtroom and out of the courtroom, because all the hours that you spend out of the courtroom are the preparation for what happens in the courtroom. You know. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I, I think that you know that is, as I said, that the ability to listen to your constituents to your the people that you are representing to develop a plan based upon that and the goals that are set and then to be able to effectuate that um, is is key that's what you have to be able to do
0: so when you look at sort of the, the issues facing the district attorney's office um, whether they're coming from the state or whether they're just sort of internal problems that are challenges that have existed for for years because Seneca County is a rural county. Um, what are some of the things that a uh, couple things that you'd be focusing on or would like to focus on uh, if given the opportunity to uh, to serve as dif- district attorney for the next four years?
1: Well, one of the big things that I've seen um, over the years, and and this is not going to be a surprise to anyone. I think we've all been hearing about it, reading about it, talking about it is the drug crisis, particularly the opioid crisis, um, and the way that that literally destroys lives and takes lives. It's not just that it ruins the people that are doing it, but it ruins their families, their friends. It ruins, you know, it has a huge uh, effect on our community as a whole, lost work, uh, lost productivity, um, and I, and I like to see somehow, and and we do have things in a place right now that are working towards dealing with that, the, the drug court. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've developed a, a different, uh, over the years, my feelings towards drug court have evolved. Uh, when I initially started, um, as a pro, young prosecutor, I did not. Uh, think drug court was that great of an idea to be quite honest with you. Um, I felt that court mandated treatment um, was not very effective. I I didn't think if the person wasn't choosing it for themselves uh, if they were choosing it for reasons other than wanting to change their lives I didn't feel that it was really an effective way to try to deal with the problem but that has changed over the years and um, seeing the successes of the drug court program, um, I, I was having a disc. I had a discussion with Judge Bender one day, and we were talking about this very issue. And he said to me, um, "You know, I, I John, I understand your your point about the court mandated uh, treatment and whether or not that really is going to be internalized by the person." He said, "But you know what." These, some of these folks may come into it with that attitude, but once they're exposed to the program, exposed to the successes of the program, the help and the support from the program, they, some of these people have an awakening. They, they realize, wait a minute, maybe I can do this differently. And I see you know, John Smith over here doing it differently, mm-hmm. and I know what his background is. Maybe I can do it differently. And he got me with that conversation, and that was pretty early on in my career. He got me thinking about that. And, and I've been able to see that that is, in fact, true. And I've become a very strong proponent of the drug court program. I think that it can be extremely valuable. Mm-hmm. It can give the people the opportunity. They still have to make the choice for themselves. Right. Yeah. They have to decide whether they're going to use those tools and those opportunities. But I'd love to see more things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a recent uh, startup in Syracuse, in Onondaga County, of the opioid court where they're specifically dealing with that type of addiction and the issues that come with that. I think that's a great idea. I think they're the fourth or fifth court in the state to do that. Um, they're partnering partnering with, uh, I believe it's uh, Upstate University Hospital, dealing with or uh, working with what they're calling a Type of vaccine for um, opioid uh, addiction. It essentially is a drug administered that blocks sensors in the brain, so that a person doesn't get that physical high mm-hmm. from the uh, from the drugs. Um, I mean, that's an incredible program to be able to be associated with, even even peripherally associated with, mm-hmm. and and it's those kinds of of things that I would like to see. Um, and there's no reason why we can't. As, even as a small, uh, small county, there's no reason why we can't be part of that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, you know, really probably the main uh, thing that I think that we really need to be dealing with at this point. Uh, beyond that, I think that uh, in talking to a lot of law enforcement, in talking to a lot of community members, um, more communication from the district attorney's office communication directly to the people involved the civilian population that's involved in the process the victims and their families there was something that we used to do in Ada county um, that on every case every single case a letter went out saying this is the prosecutor involved in your case this is their information we would like to hear from you mm-hmm. and if we didn't hear back we would send another letter we would give them every opportunity we could. We would call them. We would want their actively seek their input as to law enforcement. We've I've heard that so in some aspects they feel underutilized. They have tools right. that that could help extremely uh, in the prosecution of cases that the district attorney's office may not be aware of simply because they haven't. You know reached out to try to find out what's available Mm -hmm. and so I think that opening of communication not only to the uh, to the other uh, parties uh, law enforcement and such but also to the community and the people involved in the cases I think that that very much needs to be improved and I would have that high on my list of priorities.
0: So getting back to the the opioid epidemic a little bit um obviously one of the one of the things that we see pretty regularly um, on social media when we tease different conversations like this one uh, we'll throw some questions out or, or seek questions from from readers, listeners, watchers um, it, it seems to be a pretty regular occurrence where uh, a portion of the folks who are watching and listening and reading these types of stories will say, "Well, these people need to be in jail longer; they need to be in jail they need to be prosecuted." Uh, harder, if, if that's even possible. Um, obviously, there are a lot of different factors at play there, but how do you sort of balance between what you're describing, which is a much more nuanced approach, to sort of that hardline approach that some folks um, still do want to see?
1: There's no doubt that anyone who is um, breaking the law, committing crimes, they have to be held responsible for their actions, mm-hmm. whether it is is uh, driven by... Uh, a drug addiction or a mental health issue or any other type of of issue that may contribute to their behavior, they still have to be held responsible for what they're doing. Um, I generally have a, a, a feeling, we generally deal with two types of people in the criminal justice system. We deal with criminals. And when I say a criminal, what I mean is a person who, that is who they are. I mean, they have made certain life choices that that is how they're going to live their life, and those folks need to be dealt with in a, in a very specific way. And then we deal with people who commit crimes, is the other group. And that doesn't mean they're a bad person. That doesn't mean that that's, you know, essentially who they are or how they've chosen to live their lives. And it is those people that we hope to be able to, or I hope, that we can effectuate, not only hold them responsible for their actions, but also effectuate some type of change in their behavior, give them the tools, help them not only understand that, that there are consequences to what they do, but that there are also alternatives, and to give them the opportunity to do that. I mean, and one of those consequences and one of those things that can help is, in fact, jail. It's, it's funny that you said that. I was talking to a gentleman just the other day. I was out passing petitions, and I was speaking to a retired corrections uh, official, mm-hmm. and he was telling me a story of one day an inmate came up to him and actually said to him, you know, coming to jail was a lifeline. He said, if I stayed on the street, I would have been dead. You know, either through my own action of using drugs or through my interaction with other criminals and gangs. This was a young man that apparently was from the city and was involved in gang action and um, and drug action. Mm-hmm. Um, so but we have to be able to make that differentiation. You know, there there are certain people that you know what that that that's what you do and that's you needed to be punished. You need the community needs to be protected from you. Um, but the other group, we need to be able to try to change that behavior because eventually, except in you know extreme circumstances, eventually that person is coming back to the community. Even if they do go to jail or to prison for any length of time, they're coming back to the community. Mm-hmm. And unless they change their behavior, we're just going to have to deal with it again. And... That is you know that's I guess you know what I'm getting at with the the answer to your question about how you know we have to deal with certain people differently, and it's the as I said over the twenty one years that I've been doing this and the various aspect perspectives I've seen it from it from both defense and from prosecution, um, I believe that I am very well equipped to make that distinction between the one type of person and the others, and you know, be able to affect those changes or hope to affect those positive changes and see the difference between those people.
0: So one of the things that has regularly come up, uh, we've seen storylines sort of attached to the dist- district attorney's office uh, here in Seneca County workload, and staffing and challenges around both of those um and then sort of it's linked to the the budget challenge that always exists with a a small rural office like like seneca um talk to us a little bit about how you would sort of navigate obviously you talked about some of your experience which lends itself or seems to uh lend itself pretty well to sort of navigating that but what are some of the things that you think could be done uh, to sort of remedy some of the, the challenges obviously we've seen uh Handling of different types of, of workload that maybe is sort of beyond the the basic expectation with Judge Bender having previously handled appeals, um, what are some of the things that that you uh, would sort of implement or, or hope to implement uh, to maybe remedy or start to push back some of those some of those challenges
1: well uh, as far as staffing is concerned, um, you know that 's a difficult question to. Uh, to answer other than, you know, not being within the office currently to see everything that's being done and how it's being done. Um, You know, certainly I am very familiar with the folks that are there now and, and how they, uh, how they staff their various um, responsibilities through the town courts. Um, The current level, I know that they're down, I believe they're down one person right now. Uh, So it is difficult when fully staffed. uh, I believe that it's, I believe that they have the capability to cover those things. Um, As to, I think, what you alluded to, the appeals process, um, you know, it would be my desire that the work of the district attorney's office be done within House. That is a difficult proposition somewhat when you start talking about appeals, because that does, um, that does involve some, a certain, uh, expertise that not everyone has. Now, Judge Porsche, with his background in the appellate division, uh, certainly had that in spades. And he was able to, to do that, uh, very effectively. It was a tremendous workload for him. Um, but he had that experience and that ability. I would love to see that something, uh, a person within the office, to seek out a person that has that type of expertise to hire them within the office. Part of the problem with that is the, the, um, you're never sure exactly how many appeals you're going to get every year. You're not sure how many hours that's going to take each person. Some are going to be more involved than others. So if you're trying to set up a position simply to do that, um, I'm not sure you can. That person would have to be able to do other things as well. Um, But it certainly is something that I would want to consider. I I know that uh, I believe Cayuga County has their first assistant, deals with their appeals, but also handles a caseload. And that is the kind of thing that I would like to be able to see within our county. I believe, I believe we would be able to do that, um, but that's going to take that's going to take some work and finding the right people for that, mm-hmm. uh, and that's going to be difficult. And beyond that, um, it is just the the discussion with the members of the office the assistant district attorneys making sure that they are dealing with their cases and their caseloads and their courses their courts in an effective efficient way i mean you can have a caseload that takes you you know hours and hours and hours to deal with Mm -hmm. maybe there are ways that we can look at to help those people with those that person that particular prosecutor Do it more efficiently and more effectively to get through it so they would have more time to devote to something else Um, That's the kind of thing that you can only do once you're you're in there And you're looking at the cases and you're talking to that person how they deal with their their cases And uh, I believe my background allows me to be able to to have that kind of review And give that kind of guidance to the prosecutors because i've been incredibly blessed um, and fortunate to learn from folks that have done that with me mm-hmm. and you people that have had years and years of experience. So I hope to be able to pass that on and in, uh, to the other assistant, to my assistants, if in fact I'm fortunate enough to uh, get the office.
0: What are you hearing from uh, voters as you're, as you're making your way around Seneca County, talking to different folks, uh, collecting signatures for your petitions, obviously? Uh, what are some of the things that you're hearing as concerns or, or maybe a, as sort of wish list items or things that they would hope uh, the district attorney's office would sort of focus on uh, moving forward?
1: Uh, well, I think we've already touched on a couple of them. Um, certainly the drug uh, crisis is huge and, and how that is affecting our communities everywhere. Um, another is communication they, they don't see an awful lot Or they don't necessarily hear an awful lot um, From the district attorney's office About what they're doing, how they're doing it um, I've been involved in programs uh, Again, it was another program in, um, in Syracuse Where they had a uh, Every Well, it was made available to every 6th grade class in the county that an assistant district attorney would come to their uh to their classroom and for a number of weeks present a certain program that had been developed through the district attorney's office simply it was kind of a civics lesson but it was really very uh focused on what we do Mm -hmm. and how we as the prosecution uh help the community how they as uh upcoming uh young adults can um, benefit from that how they can learn about that how they can becoming as they become adults and go to school that they may become part of that uh, i thought that was a great program it was actually it was a lot of fun to be able to talk to the kids and uh, and it would be you'd be amazed at some of the wisdom that you hear from from the young person like that when you're discussing these these issues mm-hmm
0: now, uh, how can folks get involved uh, with your campaign? Are you online anywhere?
1: Uh, I, I am. I am both uh, uh, on Facebook, um, John Navinger for Seneca County DA. Uh, i have also Navinger4DA.com. Mm-hmm. Um, There's contact information on both of those. Um, so anyone that, that wants to get a hold of me can certainly uh, you know, log in and uh, send me a message. I'll get back to people right away. Um, and I, I welcome those discussions.
0: And my last question for you, why are you, uh, the right choice for district attorney this time around?
1: Well, it, it basically, it comes down to a couple of different things. It's my experience. Um, I don't think anyone else really is able to bring to the table what I bring mm-hmm. the 21 years. Uh, working as a prosecutor, working as a defense attorney. Um, that gives me the unique per- perspective that I have that will allow me to bring a balanced and uh, somewhat imaginative um, approach to the office and my commitment. Um, when I first graduated law school, uh, this is prosecution was all I wanted to do. I sent out resumes to every district attorney's office in the state, and that's all I did. I did not seek any private law firm. I didn't ask, to, I didn't seek any uh, county attorney's job. I didn't seek anything else. This is what I wanted, um, and I committed to the criminal law as my profession immediately, and that's what I've done for 21 years. Mm-hmm. But not only has is it the commitment to the criminal law as my profession, but it's the commitment to the criminal law and practicing that in the public sector. I've done that as an assistant district attorney and a public defender for that entire time. And 18 of those 21 years has been here in Seneca County. I've devoted, I've chosen Seneca County as the place that I wanted to make my mark professionally mm-hmm. and personally. And I believe I've been able to do that. And I want to be able to to further that. And I believe my experience and my commitment, my perspective leads me to be the most qualified and the best candidate for district attorney. I
0: appreciate the time, John. Best of luck moving forward. Thank you. Hey, that wraps up today's show. Remember, you can find all our episodes online by visiting InsideTheFLX.com or FingerLakes1.com. Thanks for listening, guys. I will see you next Thursday.